This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Mornings are hard. Your sports radio show doesn't have to be. I'm so happy you guys are still alive. I am excited. I am so happy. Laugh and learn every morning aboard the mothership. gonna be a good day with da hey da i do love the da happy being alive day mornings on cbs sports radio yeah yeah Yeah. happy being alive day everybody thanks so much for joining us it's a good monday to you in 20 minutes sound check your best audio of the day in 40 minutes the latest on the rays complete unraveling woof That's coming up this hour on the show. ACC. Yeah, you know me. That's a Carlos with a K pun right there. I got to give him credit. That was the topic sheet. We use that for the graphic here. And Stanford, Cal without a home. I spoke a lot about this last week when I filled in for the Rome show. So I'll just kind of reset some of my thoughts for those that didn't hear it. Your conference realignment is sad in this way. That it is such a blatant, transparent money grab by the adults. And the adults always tried to convince us that they had the best interests of the sport at heart. And that's why they couldn't let the kids have too much power or influence. We can't pay the kids. We can't pay the kids. We can't, because how would that work? How would that work? And you wouldn't want this to be like the pros. We keep hearing this. Dabo Sweeney has banged this drum forever. Boom, boom, boom. Once it's like the pros, I ain't coaching no more. I ain't coaching no more. We can't let this be like the pros. And yet, what has happened is it's felt completely like the pros, where they have broken apart your old rivalries, your centuries, your century of tradition, your geographic bonds to chase television dollars. Specifically, it's television dollars. And 
many will look at the SEC and the Big Ten and say they are forming an NFC and AFC. I mean, if Dabo really was going to quit when it started to feel like the pros, he would have quit already. Because now players are earning cash, sometimes lots of cash for their name, image, and likeness. And the Big Ten is trying to create a monstrosity of a conference that will stretch from coast to coast so that they have every time zone and television window covered. The Big Ten has schools, which used to be a Midwestern league, has schools in New Jersey and Maryland, expansion, and now Los Angeles, Oregon, and Washington State, expansion. And they're doing so because the powers that be at Fox have a television contract with them, and they, the Fox television people want better conference games. They want more to choose from. They want you to watch their product. And so if it's, it means breaking apart the Pac-12, so be it. And the Fox television executives go, well, we could buy the Pac-12 as a whole other separate television deal. But why not just take the pieces that we'd like from the Pac-12 and add them to our already existing television deal with the Big Ten, which is how UCLA, USC, Oregon, and Washington end up there. It's a better deal for Fox to add those four so that now USC, UCLA, Oregon, and Washington can play Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan State, Penn State. That's better content for them instead of having to say, And, yeah, we'll get a USC game, but they're playing Oregon State or they're playing Arizona State. Not as juicy as if we can pair them against Big Ten brands. So television money is running this, and the adults in college football are listening to them. Why? Because when you think about it, the money is so over the top, it's hard to ignore it. The Big Ten Network and the Big Ten television deal with Fox, this is just your television rights, will earn Big Ten schools nearly $60 million a year per school. And that's just for being on TV. There's no corporate sponsorship there. That's not your suites that you sell. There's not a ticket sold yet. That's not concessions. That's not donations from donors and fans, that's not alumni events, that you have not earned a dollar on anything at the stadium or with your team. It's just strictly by being on TV. You haven't lifted a finger. You're just on TV. You don't pay for the production trucks. You don't pay for the TV play-by-play guys. You don't pay for any of that. You haven't lifted a finger. You make $60 million per year, every school. What are you going to say? No. But the adults have tripped over themselves to, to lunge at that money. And that's how you start creating the NFL of college football. Now, personally, I love college football. I've grown to love it more and more and more. And part of the reason that I love it is because it does at times come off so dysfunctional. It's kind of fun to have something that is so regionalized and unique and dysfunctional. And part of this is dysfunctional, but part of this also 
strips away the uniqueness of all of the schools and their conferences, etc. I mean, Oregon and USC playing in the Big Ten feels a lot less unique than Oregon and Washington and USC and UCLA playing in the Pac-12 with other West Coast schools. It just feels different. It's just, it's more of a homogenization of the sport. It starts all starting to feel the same, does it not? And now Arizona State will play West Virginia in a conference game. And Oregon will play Purdue in a conference game. And suddenly things don't feel that unique anymore, do they? They just are kind of all part of the same thing. And so the adults who have constantly banged on we can't let it become the pros, let it become the pros driven strictly by television money and now players are getting paid and guess what none of the power brokers that said i would i can't stand by and watch this left they're all still there some have been pushed out but the ones that want to stay are staying because the money's too good which brings us to cal and stanford cal and stanford are not important television products they're not Nobody watches Stanford and Cal football unless you're Stanford and Cal alumni or fans. And even then people don't watch. So they are not important in the grand scheme of the television chase, which is why the Big Ten didn't want them. It's why the Big 12 doesn't want them. There's no added value of Stanford and Cal from a television standpoint for their football teams. Now, they've got great academics and they've got great Olympic sports. But what doesn't matter in college football right now? Academics and Olympic sports, right? I mean, let's just be honest. So the ACC has had some conversations. And it doesn't surround whether Cal or Stanford are beneficial from a profit standpoint. That's not why they would be added. They would be added because it's a couple of names. It's actually just strength in numbers if you lose other schools. You know, if if Florida State wasn't rattling the cage, saying we want out or we want a different revenue distribution or what have you, if the ACC wasn't so worried that they are being left behind by the Big Ten of the SEC in revenue, there'd be no reason to even have a conference call. But there are schools, chancellors, presidents, ADs in the ACC that see, well, do we have to worry that the SEC might pluck Florida State? The Big Ten might come for Clemson or Miami or something like this. We have to worry about that because if we've got to worry about that, there's strength in numbers. We lose two, but then we pick up two in Cal and Stanford. That's the reason the conversations are happening. And they need a lot of votes to make this happen in the ACC, and there's four schools voting no. Sounds like they can get to 12 yeses, but the four no's are Florida State, UNC, Clemson, and NC State. Now, not for nothing, but those four schools have also been part of the crew of the ACC that said maybe we can find something else better somewhere else or at the very least distribute the revenue differently. Better schools get more cash. Clemson wants to make more of the money. Florida State wants to make more of the money than Wake Forest and Boston College. 
And I've said this before. I think that that's fair. I know there's an all-for-one mentality when you make these deals, but is that realistic to keep the deals together? I don't think so. So Cal and Stanford add great academic integrity, and their water polo teams and crew teams and track teams are great. But does that matter? And there's a part of me that hopes it doesn't go through. Not because I'm rooting against Cal and Stanford to survive, but only because if you add Cal and Stanford to the ACC, again, you're just homogenizing the sport even more. Should Cal and NC State be a conference game? What do they share in common? Should Stanford play Virginia Tech in conference? What, what is that? And it's not that I'm rooting against Cal and Stanford from surviving, but there's a part of me that just hopes that the four leftover schools from the Pac-12 can figure out a West Coast alignment that works for them, maybe with the Mountain West. Maybe Stanford breaks off and is independent, like a Notre Dame of the West Coast. But that we don't just keep lunging towards this kind of makeshift, slap it together, everything looks and feels the same, which is kind of blah. Again, does the ACC need Stanford football? Does that does that move the needle? Are you going to sit down and watch Stanford Clemson? Are you going to sit down and watch Cal Syracuse football? Of course not. Your eyes would bleed. And the only reason you would do it was just because we're going down this road of all the old stuff doesn't matter. It's just the TV money and holding it together because Every school is is got a gun behind their back waiting to shoot the other guy to get more of the money. And it's just, it's so crass and transparent and distasteful, the whole thing. I mean, I, I'm also a realist, so I'm not crying at night because the old traditions are dead. But these are also not my schools, the Pac-12. I've talked to, about this. I Syracuse and the ACC has done nothing for me. Nothing. Now, I realize it was done out of survival instincts. The old Big East was hard to handle because it was a bunch of basketball-only schools dealing with two sports schools, basketball and football. And so the Syracuses and Virginia Techs and Louisville's of the world that played both at a Power 5 level didn't know what to do with Seton Hall, Villanova, and Providence. And so it was difficult and it was unwieldy and, you know, it was it was a bizarre mashup. But, you know, Syracuse playing in the ACC has done nothing for me. Yeah, once a year, Duke comes into the Carrier Dome and there's 30,000 people there. and That's fun. It's not like I feel any incredible rivalry with Duke. It's great. They're two big brands. It was Bayheim and Coach K for many years. But. It's not like I'm like, oh, I hate Duke, beat Duke. The reason that I don't like Duke stems well before they were a conference rival of my alma mater. I hate UConn. They don't even play anymore. That's who I hate. Georgetown, I hate. That's in my blood. I'm supposed to think that Syracuse playing NC State is something significant. It's not. So they've ruined all of that, and they've done it by convincing us 
that making money is what's important. And so now you root for revenue. You root for, well, look at how much cash we make out of our conference. When in reality, they've just distorted it. They've distorted all of the things that, that are supposed to matter. Again, I'm, I'm not going to cry over this, but I still love the sport. Do I think that Cal and Stanford need to find the ACC as lovers in the night? No, I, I don't. Frankly, I don't. And I kind of hope it doesn't go through because I think the pack four that's left should be able to find some type of common bond with Mountain West schools that make more sense and stay together as much as you can. And that the ACC, if it doesn't fit, if there's four to six schools that say, no, this doesn't fit, that you shouldn't be forced into it out of fear either. And the deal is there's mostly ADs that are like, this doesn't work. Because the AD is the one that are handling travel of the field hockey teams. They're going, well, we're going to fly from Atlanta to the Bay Area for a field hockey game? What are we doing here? It's a bizarre time. It was, I guess, inevitable in many ways. But this all stems from the, the adults that keep saying we can't trust the kids. And once you trust the adults, look what happens. When we come back, we've got sound check, your best audio of the day straight ahead. And how about Greg Popovich as part of his Hall of Fame weekend? Kicking a mod or a shot off stage. What? DA, CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. CBS presents this program in color. 
An educated person can't think he's going to get a recruit by uh, strippers coming in. They can fire you, but they can't eat you. And they run through our ass like through a tin horn, man, and we could not stop them. The audio you need to hear. It's DA Soundcheck. All right. You can always listen to the show in podcast form. That's right. The best of the show. The best of the four hours or the full four hours plus the PGP always available in podcast form. So simply search The DA Show on your favorite podcast platform. Subscribe, rate, and review. Well, we have a breaking news sound check here, okay? James Harden is on a tour of China. Speaking of fans and sponsors, he's in a gym here. This is a little hard to hear because it's in a big gym, but we're going to play this audio for you anyway because Shams just posted this video moments ago. Listen to James Harden take a torch to his relationship with the Sixers and Daryl Morey. Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will never be a part of an organization that he's a part of. Let me say that again. Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will never be a part of an organization that he's a part of. Once more for the guys in the back. Daryl Morey's a liar. Uh, if you guys want a direct quote on that, Daryl, spelled M-O-R-E-Y. Liar, 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 liar. <laughs> quote, Daryl Morey is a liar. I will never be part of an organization that he's a part of. Let me say that again. Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will never be a part of an organization that he is part of. He literally repeated the entire quote to make sure everyone got it on film. Uh, if you just started recording, I'm going to say this again. Daryl Morey, liar. I'll never be part of his organization. Did I mention that? I mean, some stones, huh? Some stones. How many different franchises is this going to unfold with? That James Harden loves being there. And then suddenly sours, finds the situation untenable, shoots his way out of town. In Oklahoma City, everything seemed to be fine. And then it was, no, I got to be a starter. I got to get my money. All right, fair. Got that cash from the Rockets. Everything's great. I love it here. I want to be here forever. Suddenly, nah, I hate it here. We're we're terrible. I'm wearing a fat suit. Get me out of here. Oh, then he hits Brooklyn. Love it here. This is great. Triple doubles every night. Fantastic. Suddenly it was, no, I hate it here. I can't be here. You better trade me. Trade of the Sixers. Love it here. This is great. Fantastic. Suddenly, next season, it's Daryl Morey's a liar. I'll never play for him. How many different ways will the same story repeat itself? Just like James Harden repeating what he said to the assembled crowd in China this morning. The same exact thing. History repeats itself with this guy. And so who's going to buy? Who's the next sucker that buys on James Harden? Who's the next sucker, the next sucker of a GM, the next sucker of a head coach, the next sucker of a franchise that says, oh, we would love to have him. Daryl Morey has given James Harden everything in his basketball life. He gave him the chance to start and be a star and build everything around him in Houston. Tons of money in Houston. Then brought him back into Philadelphia. Wants him there, apparently. Why? Who knows? And now 
calling him a liar and wants out. I mean, just get your bleep together, James Harden. How about Harden lying to all of us? Like, we thought you were a good player. How about scoring more than nine points in a game seven? He's lying to us. He's also been crap in game sevens for his entire career. He's the least clutch guy of all time. Amazing, huh? Just amazing. All right, speaking of guys that are trying to recoup their their reputation, Kevin Brown never should have been in question, but as we know, last week, John Angelos, owner of the Baltimore Orioles, decided to suspend Kevin Brown for what were innocuous comments about the, the Orioles record against the Tampa Bay Rays on the road. Anyway, Brown was, quote, reinstated for this weekend series. And in doing so, had some great calls. How about this Cedric Mullins highlight? Castle waiting. Henderson at third. And Mullins drives this one into right field. That's a fair ball. That is deep. That is out of here. Cedric Mullins robs a home run. Cedric Mullins hits a home run. And the Orioles are back in front. I mean, and he's amazing, is he not? That's Kevin Brown and Masson television voice of the Orioles he came back over the weekend against the Seattle Mariners as the Orioles took on the Mariners and they have two dramatic wins to salvage the series they lost 9-2 on Friday night and then they end up winning 1-0 in 10 on Saturday 5-3 in 10 on Sunday Mullins was the hero robbing a home run hitting a home run and Brown is back so Maybe after a a wonky week where they lost three of four in the middle there and people were wondering whether the good mojo of the Orioles had been stolen by John Angelos, hopefully that it's back with two dramatic wins. And the O's are now 73-45 and atop the American League East and atop the American League in general. They are three games clear of the Rays in the division. They're three games clear of the Rangers for the best record in the American League. And KB is back behind the mic the way that it should be. And finally, Greg Popovich inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame over the weekend alongside one of his players, Tony Parker. Dwayne Wade got in as well. It was a great star-studded class. And here's Popovich with Ahmad Rashad on the stage. The second reason involves one word, so it's going to be quick. That's great, huh? One word, and that word is duh. I'm not done. I've been waiting for this a long time. I'm not done. I didn't say duh was the end. I just said there's one word to describe why I'm here. And that's duh, those guys. Did you hear the little video where I said, listen, listening is important. So I didn't see this. Tell me about this, Carlos, with a K. Ahmad Rashad is on stage just like the MC. No, so it's Popovich. He's doing his, his speech, and he tries to deliver this Popovich-like joke where he, it's funny for him, but it comes out so awkward. He goes, duh, he walks off to, like, dap the players. So the music starts to play, and Ahmad Rashad comes onto the stage. Like, okay, I guess we're done. (laughs) It's like a mic drop. But then Popovich comes back and is like, no, 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 that that wasn't it. So it was the poor delivery. I'm actually 
completely aiming at Popovich on this one. Flat joke. Get out of here. Not funny. Those were those canned laughs in the audience. Popovich did a terrible job bringing his head. <laughs> I see. I see. This was a star-studded class, though, huh? Dwayne Wade, Pop, Dirk, Pow, Tony Parker, and Becky Hammond. That's as deep and as good a class as you're ever going to find. Half of them are Spurs. That's true. Becky Hammond was a spur. That's right. Well, an assistant coach, but yes. Well, she was head coach, too, for Summer League. Yeah, too, she, right? uh, yeah. she subbed in for Popovich. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Pop, Becky Hammond, Tony Parker. And then Powell, who won two titles with Kobe with the, the Lakers. Dirk, obviously, one of the greats of all time. And Dwayne Wade. Couldn't go wrong in Springfield, Massachusetts over the weekend. Very, very good class for the Basketball Hall of Fame. And that is your sound check. It's an exciting day here on the DA show because this week internships are wrapping up and Brooke, the intern, is wrapping up her internship today. And so coming up next hour, Brooke is going to deliver what she learned this summer interning for the DA show and the rest of CBS Sports Radio. Very exciting. She is prepared. She is ready. She's taking her notes. So about 45 minutes from now, we will have what Brooke learned this summer at summer camp at the radio station. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting time for Brooke to have interned. Interesting era of CBS Sports Radio. How much going on? She learned there's no stability here. (laughs) She learned that, uh, yeah, it's it's a crazy biz. It's a crazy, crazy business. She got that up close and personal. Standing by with your headlines, Emmanuel Barbari. Emmanuel, good morning. Good morning, DA. Covered part of this last hour. James Harden expected to skip Sixers training camp, even though Philly had reportedly ended trade talks with the Clippers to find Harden a new home. New development, though. You know how you can say things two times for effect. Dara Mori is a liar, and I will never be part of an organization <laughs> that he's a part of. Again, Harden didn't just say it once. He said it twice to the crowd. This video, courtesy of Shams on Twitter, and Harden on his China tour was speaking to that crowd of spectators, appeared to be in a gym and said it twice. So Harden, despite Philly halting those trade talks, appears on his way to four teams in four years. Speaking of hoops, the United States' first field test of the summer yesterday, pre-World Cup exhibition. Two of the tournament front runners, U.S. pulled away from Spain in the fourth quarter. 98-88, the final. Jalen Brunson led the way, 21 points, a perfect 9 of 9 from the field. A couple of NFL preseason games yesterday, wrapping up the weekend slate. Saints 26, Chiefs 24, Derek Carr played one series, 6 of 8, 70 yards and a touchdown. They don't tell us like how much we're going to play and all that. So to get a couple of situations in there and then, you know, throughout the game to talk, you know, talk, talk through things with Pete and certain situations and things like that in a game time scenario. Saints rookie running back Kendra Miller left the game with a knee injury. It's reportedly the same right knee injured back in December at the Fiesta Bowl that kept Miller out until Not training good. camp. Not now we'll have good. more imaging on what's believed to be a sprained knee. So we'll see if it's anything more after that imaging. Raiders crushed the Niners 34-7. It was mostly defensive line backups for Vegas, but they made things very difficult for Trey Lance. I mean, it got off to a rough start for everybody. I mean, three three and outs for the whole um, offense the first three times, so I don't put that all on Trey by any means. Um, I thought the whole offense was sloppy to start. That's head coach Kyle Shanahan. Trey Lance's line didn't look bad. 10 of 15, 112 yards and touchdown, but didn't pick up a first down until the fourth possession. 
Baseball, Orioles survived the Mariners 5-3 in 10 innings. A Cedric Mullins game. He came off the bench in the sixth inning. Robbed Mariners first baseman Ty France of a game-tying homer in the ninth. Kind of a Superman-type play. But Mike Bowen proceeded to allow a homer to the very next batter, Dominic Canzone. Mullins, he said, I got you. He picked up Bowman and his team again. Tenth inning, two-run homer to allow the Orioles to win once wow. again. Marlins were four runs down, entering the bottom of the ninth inning. Rubber game against the Yankees, but Yanks closer... Clay Holmes with a big-time slip-up, and Miami Ooh. rallied for five. The 2-1 pitch to Jake Berger is swung on! Line drive! Left field! There's some magic in Miami! Jake Berger with a walk-off winner for the Marlins! They scored five times in the bottom of the ninth inning! Oh, they're going crazy! That's Kyle Silaf Marlins Radio. <laughs> so Miami seemed to have lost that magic. 5-17 and 17 to open up the second half. Fell out of a playoff spot, but now two huge comebacks this past week. They're back into a playoff spot. As for the Yankees, they're only two games over 500. Lost another game where their ace, Garrett Cole, was on the money. Maybe when the season's over with, you know, whenever it ends, you can reflect on games like this, but we got to move forward. You know, like I said, we're facing a great team tomorrow, and, you know, I know this one this one sucks right here, you know, especially with the lead we had and that bats we had, but you know, we gotta show up tomorrow. That's Aaron Judge. Team. We're facing a great team, the Marlins. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the twenty seven Yankees over there. Everybody went to the Belichick school of broadcasting. It's like you just say everything and nothing at the same time. We're on yeah. to the next team. They're collapsing. What They're, is five games out of a playoff spot with forty four to play. What a shame. Ooh. Oh, five games out now. Yikes. What happened to our embargo, by the way? I was going to say unnamed team that the Marlins beat. Yeah, I like that. But, um, I mean, I think at this point, it's the embargo is really about the station and less about the teams. That's right. Because we will end up having to talk about some of the teams, specifically the football teams. So we're kind of doing the embargo of the station instead. And don't worry about it. This might be the last week we talk about the baseball team. <laughs> yeah, though. that's a good point. <laughs> Get baseballs over in, in yeah, the unnamed city. Exactly. Well, if that Marlins comeback was big, how about the Nationals looking up at the A's 7-2 entering the bottom of the ninth? Storms back for six runs. Jeter Downs, who entered because of a C.J. Abrams back injury, came off the bench, walk-off single to win it for the Nats. For the Giants, Logan Webb was one out from a complete game shutout up one nothing, allowed a double to J.P. Martinez. So Giants manager Gabe Kapler pulled Logan Webb. And Camilo Doval, their dominant closer, allowed a game-tying RBI single to Ezekiel Duran. An inning later, the Giants down by one, bottom 10, facing a potential deflating defeat. Bailey blasts one down the left field line toward the corner. It is a home run over the left field wall. A low liner that just kept going. And Patrick Bailey's the hero today. He rescues the Giants from misery. A walk-off home run from the rookie. Dave Fleming, Giants Radio, Patrick Bailey, the hero, and the Giants survive. Dodgers, eight straight win, 8-3 over the Rockies. Julio Urias with a career-high tying 12 strikeouts. And MLB investigating social media posts involving Ray star shortstop Wander Franco. A 22-year-old all-star won't be with the team as it heads to San Francisco to meet those Giants. The posts haven't been confirmed yet, but Franco appeared to be dating a minor. She exposed it on social media, so the MLB uh, doing, quote, due diligence. And the Rays, they're in close contact with the league and, quote, take the matter seriously. Meantime, Franco out of the lineup yesterday. Rays clobbered by the Guardians 9-2. Mets staved off the Braves 7-6. That's despite Matt Olson's 43rd homer of the year. Wow. Olson's ahead of Shohei Otani 
who hit his 41st, a 448-foot launch in a 2-1 win over the Astros. Olsen's going to hit 50 home runs. They say the pace right now is 60 for Olsen. Holy crap. He's on pace for 60 bombs. Wow. (laughs) He's been getting a lot of two-home run games, so yeah. Wow. Uh, unreal. Otani had his first home run since August 3rd yesterday. That was his 41st, but Otani's planning to skip his next time on the mound dealing with some fatigue in his right arm. And there are your headlines. All right. Thank you, Emmanuel. You uh, just a little note here on the immortal Nathan York. Uh, Nathan York is the backup quarterback for the Jaguars. So it's definitely some... Rourke. It's a... What did I say? York. York? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Nathan Rourke uh, hails from York. <laughs> the, immortal, the immortal Nathan Rourke. Uh, Rourke had this amazing touchdown throw on Saturday, and I thought it was Trevor Lawrence because the numbers are similar, 16 and 18. And I figured this type of throw is definitely Lawrence-esque, where he bounces off a million defenders and then throws it into the end zone. So I did this whole segment on this to open up the show, and it t- turned out it was not Trevor Lawrence. It was Nathan Rourke. You just so keep looked, making this fail longer and longer, man. I, I looked up Rourke. Rourke spent the last few seasons as the starting quarterback for the BC Lions. Last year, Rourke broke the CFL record for completion percentage, 79%, and was the CFL's most outstanding Canadian, despite missing half the season. He also has two John Cornish trophies, which is the top Canadian football player in the NCAA. So Rourke is legit. I mean, this guy has won the John Cornish. He's won the the most <laughs> outstanding Canadian award, which I would think goes to a hockey player or Jim Carrey or something every year. No, <laughs> most outstanding Canadian is Nathan Rourke. So this guy's, he's got juice, boys. He's got juice. Let's not forget about him, yeah, okay? Jim, Jim Carrey had to have won that award four times, at least for the four seasons of a living color. Yeah, that's right. Uh <laughs> It's kind of like, I guess, voter fatigue, like why Jordan didn't win the MVP every single year. You can't, right. can't vote for Jim Carrey and, you know. Already the then. Mike Myers every single year. Got to so. split it up. That's right. You got to spread the wealth. So, so Nathan York gets it. So Nathan York's got to win it a couple of times. When we come back here on the show, Emmanuel just mentioned the collapsing Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, Is this just a complete unraveling? It's next, DA, CBS Sports Radio. Where death by salsa is the least of your concerns. The DA Show on CBS Sports Radio. All right, and happy Monday morning, everybody. You can listen to us on the ever-expanding CBS Sports Radio Network and also on Sirius XM Channel 158. And you can listen to us on the free Odyssey app or the free CBS Sports app. The Tampa Bay Rays were the best story in baseball to begin the season. They were 13-0 and and then reached 30-9 and on the regular season record. And today, it's all coming apart. Since their majestic start of 30 wins in their first 39 games, they've been sub-500 since. The last couple of weeks have been brutal for them. Ace Shane McClanahan has been shut down for the season with a left arm injury. And now, the Wander Franco news. This happened last night. Wander Franco's being investigated by Major League Baseball. He was held out of yesterday's game. Kevin Cash says it was not because of this, but 
whether you believe that or not. Franco, there were pictures on social media posted of Franco with an underage girl that either he was dating or spending time with. It was his girlfriend or what have you. Some have alleged that she is 14 years old. So Franco obviously is one of the Rays' best players. And, I mean, this whole season is unraveling for the Rays. And I think there's two parts of this. They were probably never as great as their early season record indicated. But they're also not what the last two weeks have been. And their record today kind of speaks to more of who they are, which is a good team, 20 games over 500, but not the team that looked like they could win 115 games to start the season. The Rays benefited a little bit from a soft schedule early, you might remember. They ended up, to begin the season, getting a couple of series under their belt that they could stack wins. The Tigers they led off with, then they had the Nats after that, then the A's after that, and they were 9-0 after the first three series. Then they got four against the, the Red Sox, and the Red Sox have been better than advertised coming into the season, but they began the year with those four series. Tigers, Nats, A's, Red Sox. They were 13-0. And, you know, you stack those types of wins, and then suddenly, you know, things look a lot different. But they began playing more competitive teams and losing to them after that. They lost two of three to the Astros in late April. They then uh, played the Orioles and lost two out of three in early May. They lost two out of three against the the Mets back in mid-May. And since then, it's been kind of hit or miss. They just they have not kept up the same um, the same win, you know production the same production starting pitching wise bullpen their lineup etc and now you have two of the most important players that are either injured or taken out of the mix we don't know what the wander franco thing will lead to but it sort of did not sound like it's going to lead to something good and you know i mean taking the ethics of wander franco out of it which you know I'm, I'm certainly not minimizing an inappropriate relation with a minor, not what I'm doing. I'm just talking about the baseball part of that. That whole thing is a different conversation altogether. I'm just talking about the baseball part of it is that the Rays are unraveling and everything that could go wrong for the Rays is happening right now. A star like Franco getting into this type of trouble, McClanahan being shut down, getting into arm trouble. And, you know, in this division, they're kind of lucky that the Yankees have sucked so bad. Because the Yanks were supposed to be battling for the division this year, and the Blue Jays maybe just as well, and the Yankees have completely collapsed out of the equation. They're only two games over 513 out in the AL East. And so it's a Rays and Orioles battle at the top of the division. But the Rays, you know, with the type of water they're taking on, are not going to be able to catch the Orioles. So for for that dramatic start to the year. And smartly, many people said, hey, let's let's take it easy. My thought at the time was this is indicative of an amazing franchise that just keeps figuring out new ways to win because they can't keep their players, so they, they draft and develop as well as anybody. 
I don't think that changes. I mean, if you just take out the 13-0 start or the, the first 39 games, they're still, you know, every year they're in the mix for a playoff spot. And, and even with this recent swoon, they're 20 games over 500. They're still one of the most impressive franchises in baseball. But it has completely cratered for them recently and they're very lucky lucky that they stacked all the wins that they did because had they not I mean who knows what this team would look like you know coming coming down the stretch here Martin tweets good morning DA oh this is Matt Matt in the 604 Nathan Rourke played here in Vancouver for the BC Lions and was the most outstanding Canadian and would have been most outstanding player had he not had a knee injury. That play was so big, the Lions played on the video board during the game. This is what I'm talking about. I've always been very high on Nathan Rourke. I yeah. knew it. I knew it. Amazing play. Most outstanding Canadian. Yeah. Hey, this guy's got some, he's got some action here. This week, we are going to have a rotating group of update people as uh, Bogus is on vacation. And so it's Emmanuel today. And then remind me, guys, tomorrow it's... Greg Caserta. Caserta is in tomorrow. Then it's Boyle Wednesday. Boyle's Thursday. We got Chris Lepresti on Wednesday. Ah, see. And Peter Schwartz is on Friday. And then Schwartz on Friday. Now, I know Schwartz was in last week. For a couple of shows or one show, because I was in for Rome, so we had some crossover. Was it just the Friday sh- or the Thursday show that Schwartz was in? Thursday and Friday. Thursday and Friday. How did he do? He's a he's a familiar face here on the program. He did great. He did. Do you think he knew who Nathan Rourke was before <laughs> the weekend? Yeah, because he had his bobblehead that he begged the BC Lions to send him. <laughs> he begged for ownership. <laughs> Every update anchor today, I'm gonna or and going forward for the rest of the week, I'm gonna ask him, do you know who Nathan Rourke was before that, this weekend? And that's our poll question today, correct? That is correct. The poll question is simply, do you know who Nathan Rourke is? That's it. Just easy. <laughs> do you know who this guy is? Because DA didn't. We start small and then we build out the rest of the week. <laughs> so that's nice to know that Schwartz did a great job last week. Oh, excellent. <laughs> He really excellent. I, I mean, it, it was so good. We heard the update, same, the same updates twice. <laughs> so he varied up the script a little bit. Oh yeah, uh, changed maybe the, some of the baseball scores around, but that was it. Okay. You're not appreciating the little nuances and change that he makes. <laughs> right, what, what would tone, that be? <laughs> maybe an inflection of his voice right before the Mariners score. <laughs> or when he begs somebody for uh, free tickets. Well, it's it's good to have the familiar face around, but if there's ever free anything in the in the studios, Schwartz is there. Was he there for? He was the, no, he wasn't there for the free Sundays. We had ice cream Sundays on Thursday. It was a three o'clock start, and I think Schwartz was already gone by then. Oh, definitely, he was he was at the Baskin Robbins by him. By the <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> when we come back here on the show, Jonathan Taylor had a holdout, but it's going to end. How effective or ineffective was it? It's coming up next. DA, Monday morning, CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, 
celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on podcasts whatever you love hear it right here on tune in go to tune in.com or download the tune in app to start listening